Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. The Midday 180. Get them at their new time from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Now it's time for Blaine and Mickey, powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. Let's do this, Blaine and Mickey, on a Victory Monday, a, well, a solemn outside weather-wise Victory Monday, but a very happy day for a lot of you Titans fans. Titans really just beat the brakes off the Jags to go 9-4. and four. Clinches the Titans' fifth winning season. Blaine, I got, to, I got to wondering, when did they win have winning seasons five times in a row? You had to go back to 1987 to 1993 to find five straight winning seasons, and that was actually seven straight for the then Houston Oilers. Oh, well, well, I wasn't part of any of those games. <laughs> uh, 1987 to 1993, uh, the Houston Oilers had winning seasons, made the playoffs each year. Tennessee Titans haven't made the playoffs each year in this process, but they have had now five winning seasons. Each of these seasons, since John Robinson has taken control of the team, uh, four seasons of nine and seven. This year, they're currently nine and four. They got the Lions, the Packers, and the Texans remaining to play uh, as they continue to uh, move towards the postseason this year i know we like to get reactions from uh from you we'd like to get reactions from callers on monday 615-737-1045 we're going to have some open lines Teresa walker's going to join us at 1 30 but until then let's talk titans let's talk vols let's talk vandy finding their coach a lot of people reporting it's going to be a vandy guy clark lee man there's a lot of football stuff on the table today brother yeah yeah you know i want to go into what you're talking about uh, i guess five consecutive seasons uh, of nine wins what it shows is that the, the organization since it's been in Tennessee has kind of turned the corner and been consistent uh, with, uh, you know, nine wins, let's say playoff winning seasons, you know, going into the playoffs. And now you're, as a fan base, you're probably looking for more, but there are steps you have to take to be a consistent organization and, and win and have to have the right people in place, let alone coaches and GMs and everything else. So I think now they're on the right track with, with Amy uh, running the show with now that all solidified with the NFL yeah. And I think the sister, uh, Susan, sold her portion. Uh, and now they uh, meet the requirements of the National Football League. Let's say that uh, as far as who is the controlling owner. Uh, so and Amy's done a fantastic job. It feels like it's a new organization. I've said that numerous times since she's taken over uh, and she wants to win it in the worst way. So uh, I think we're on the right track when you're talking about the Tennessee Titans and just the organization in general. Uh, so now, you know, you're not going to be jumping up and down, you know, we've got nine consecutive, you know, I mean, five consecutive seasons of nine wins or more. Yeah. But now you're you're trying to go to that next level and do damage in the playoffs and eventually get into the Super Bowl. And uh, that only happened one time, which was the inaugural season of the Titans uh, season. And uh, so you try to get back there. So they've been fighting and climbing. So first you got to 
you know, fight over some hurdles. And now they've gotten there where they've been pretty consistent over the last five years. So that's a step in the right direction for sure. And then making the playoffs and then, you know, uh, getting to the Super Bowl and getting over the hump of the AFC championship. Those are battle wounds and scars that you must get over to really arrive. And then you want to say you want to be a shot, have a shot at the Super Bowl uh, every year. You want to say you want to get in the playoffs and we all know anything could happen in the playoffs. So congratulations to them. But as a coach, He's like, hey, that's great, but we're not in the business of, you know, winning 9, 10, 11. At the end of the day, you get in the playoffs, that's where you get earn your, you know, your youth, I guess, uh, as a coach uh, to say that uh, I'm, I'm doing a really good job. So we shall see if he can top AFC Championship. That's what he sees competing against himself. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he is. It, 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 hey, man, you top, you top AFC Championship. We all know what that means. Uh, the right. thing we've been waiting for for over two decades now to get back to. So, yeah. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's exciting time, but yet, you know, like, let's uh, keep plugging along and have, uh, you know, let's say 10, 11, 12, you know, wins in a season and then do uh, damage in the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm sure, uh, great for the organization, but as far as the current head coach variable he's you know he's focused on the next game and that's Detroit Lions <laughs> without a doubt um and they may catch a break uh, Matthew Stafford who you and Kevin Dyson and I have talked uh, we got pretty deep into that on the postgame show last night on uh Titans Talkback presented by Lee Company and, and our discussion was about the remaining quarterbacks that you've got to face so you're going to face Matthew Stafford then you got to face Aaron Rodgers and uh, Deshaun Watson, I know it's been an awful season. He's been beat up and everything else, but there's a good chance you, you know, you'll see Deshaun Watson to close out the season. That guy's like a Terminator. Every time you think, okay, he's done, nope, nope. That guy extends plays. He stays in the pocket. He keeps looking downfield. I love watching that guy play as long as it's not against the Titans. I think he's such a great quarterback, but they may catch a break. Uh, Stafford was knocked out of the game on Sunday, was trying to stretch out a play and, and ran and just got whacked uh he handed off they scored a touchdown on the next play then he didn't go back in but boy the magic man chase daniel is that oh my we we looked i know his wallet is magic blaine his his agent is magic his bank account is magic chase daniel we looked this up before the show no, you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was talking to you while I was doing it. So I I I I consider you part of this look at it. I know. 37.89 right. million he has made in his career. If he finishes his Lions contract, which he stays on the move, but he's like two or three years, you know, per per team. If he can see this through, he'll be at almost 50 million in career earnings. Chase Daniel. Well, Which a lot of people wouldn't even know besides outside of he was at Missouri. I mean, where he really did some damage throwing the football. But in the National Football League, man, this guy is the true word of stealing. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, you know. Did he quarterback when he was with the Bears? Was he the quarterback to beat him? Who was that backup quarterback that we almost got beat by, by the no, Bears? No, you know who that was. That was Matt Barkley. Oh, that was Barkley from USC, yeah. That was throwing uh-huh. at your man Parrish Cox in the end zone there at the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was what that he was. He didn't even get was, on the plane, man. He didn't make was, it home. Boy, hey, they were like, hey, man, we're going to do you the courtesy of flying you back to Nashville, but don't even worry about coming back to the sports park because we'll just have your stuff sent to you in a bag. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But uh, back to, you know, Stafford. You know, Stafford, he, he's, uh, you know, he's a really elite-level quarterback. Just unfortunately, he's – 
been on uh, some terrible teams. I think he's only been to the playoff once, but he can throw from every line. He can make every throw. Uh, you know, it's hard to show if he's, you know, if he's just got that, He is he a winner? Because he's going to say he played for the organization. So I, I think they should trade him after the season and yeah. get a, you know, high pick or something, you know, keep it moving, a new coach and everything else, time to turn the page. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there wanting him. Uh, but this guy is tough as nails. I, I believe if he can walk, he yep. will try to play this game. Yep. It's just who he is. I've watched him take some shots, and I'm like, man, why is he still out there? That's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I mean, and he'll be out there, man. I mean, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's out there with crack ribs and all. Uh, but that still may help the Titans in that uh, maybe he won't be as mobile. You know, he likes to maneuver in the pocket, and uh, he has a great feel for the pocket. But he's not a runner, that's per se, but he can go for some first down. So, Got some cracked ribs. Uh, hate to say it, man, but you you know, as I know, I always want to test those ribs out and see if they barbecue or they, they wet or they dry and, and uh, see if uh, you like them and if you want to keep them. <laughs> this, this, uh, that is exactly what it said to him in the meeting this is real talk and it won't be like i just described it like it was some for real food <laughs> it will be we gonna bleep 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 about his ribs and we gonna test it out because we gonna see the number two quarterback because he will not beat us so yeah so that will happen even after the throw hopefully we can get some pressure right <laughs> well, that remains the question. I'll tell you what. I will tell you some sack stats for this team that are going to make you very sad. I'll share those with you. I'll share them with everybody. This team failed to get a sack against the Jags. They did a lot of things right. Got pressure. Once again, no sacks for this team. Uh, I'll share a couple of things with you. We'll continue this discussion. You want to weigh in on the Titans. Also, three offensive Titans are moving towards really big accomplishments. And can they get them? And I'll tell you which one I think is the most important. Is it 4,000? Is it 2,000? Or is it two times 1,000? Got thoughts on that. Some of you may as well. It's Blaine and Mickey on 104.5. The Zone. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5. The Zone. Uh, Titans get the win, get to 9-4. and four. On the season, went over Jacksonville. Balls beat Bandy 42 to 17 on Saturday. A lot of reports I saw. Brent Doherty had said this earlier this morning. Uh, now, other local media and some national uh, guys as well saying Clark Lee will be the next guy at Vanderbilt, the current defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Blaney's a Nashville guy. He went to NBA. Here's maybe the most interesting thing about him of all to me he played baseball at Birmingham Southern. Then he transferred to Belmont, and he played baseball. Then he transferred to uh, Vandy, and he played football. Man, I mean, most people he played fullback. Yeah, I yeah. remember. Yeah, I mean, most people dream of going one place to do one thing. This guy did three things at three places. That's pretty impressive. Uh, assistant at UCLA, Bowling Green, Syracuse, Wake Forest. He's been the DC at Notre Dame since 2018. So you're there was talk about maybe going offensive guy, and we wondered maybe is it time to to hire Munkin or. Can, you know, Niamata Lolo, one of these option guys? Well, I mean, it's going to be whatever Clark Lee wants as OC because it looks like they've hired another defensive guy in Clark Lee. Well, we'll hire. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's looking like. Uh, I, I don't know how they worded that uh, it will be done. I'm like, okay, it's not done or agreed upon to me. So, uh, 
Yeah, but, uh, you know, he's somebody, you know, that they want to call this, you know, in their family. Yep. And they're probably trying to follow the model of uh, what's the guy, uh, Fitzgerald over at uh, Northwestern, right? Yep. So yep. he's one of them, and, uh, you know, maybe it'll work there. And then they're not concerned with who's, you know, how they're going to run their offense because he's told them he's going to get such, such guy, and this is the kind of offense we're going to be running. Uh, but uh, And he understands all the – you know, the criteria is to really, you know, have success there at Vanderbilt with all the, you know, rigorous academics and everything else. So uh, hopefully it's true and uh, works out with, for them. And then, uh, man, it's going to be a, a rebuild. So, you know, it's going to be two or three years before it'll look like what he wants to look like, you know, on the football field, you would assume. You haven't heard anything about the quarterback uh, leaving, so that's good. Yeah, uh, Ken Seals, uh Boy, Bandy just really undermanned on Saturday, but uh, Tennessee able to put it on a pretty good. Started slow, uh, but then yeah, Tennessee I started. Wondering if you a Tennessee fan, they were bull. Yep. It was like it's, whoa. It's like, hey man, they got seventeen people on defense. Seems like you could run it right at them over and over, and they weren't. They were trying to throw it around the yard early, running trick plays and all kinds of stuff. Oh man, that that trick play it looked really. I'm like, come on, man, <laughs> really. How about let's do it when it's on the line, do a trick yeah. play, not when you, you're up like that. So that was just uh, hilarious. But, uh, hey, they did what they were supposed to do they against, uh, you know, undermanned, you know, team. So, yeah, they did, just like the Titans did. So, yeah, two wins uh, by, by, you know, the college team as well as the NFL team. So that's always good. Everybody's in a good mood. Yeah, Vandy hires a coach that uh, that their family fan base knows well. So maybe Vandy fans are happy as well, too, today. Uh, they yeah. got their guy. All right, there's three big numbers that are hanging out for the Titans. Derrick Henry has a chance to get to 2,000 yards. Um, he needs to average 156 yards, I believe, the rest of the way to get there is his number. Um, Ryan Tannehill is he has certainly a chance to beat this 3571 by Matt Hasselbeck. That's the most yards a Titans quarterback has ever thrown for. That was 2011. That's still hard for me to believe that nobody's passed that number, but 3571 Matt Hasselbeck. So Henry is 468 yards away from 2000. Ryan Tannehill is 791 yards away from 4000. And A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are both and less than 170 yards away from 2,000. So the big numbers, Blaine, 2,000, 4,000, and two times 1,000. I know Titans fans are excited. Now, we talked about this some on the pregame show and the postgame show, and you and I have talked about this on this show. It sure is, boy. It sure would be a shame to waste a year when you're scoring 30 points a game with two 1,000-yard receivers and certainly a guy who's probably going to hit 18 or 1,900 yards rushing and a quarterback who's easily going to throw for 37, 3,800 yards and break any kind of Titans passing record. Now, you've got to go back to Warren Moon to really get big numbers with the Oilers, but certainly anybody for the Titans who've been more predominantly a running team over the years. But offensively, I mean, we've never seen anything like this with this team. As Kevin Dyson brought up, you got to go back to 2004, the last time this team had two 1,000-yard receivers, and that was, of course, D. Mace and Drew Bennett. No quarterbacks ever thrown for more than 35-71. And then you're talking C.J. 2K territory 
uh, and some of the greatest years that Eddie George had as well uh, when you're talking about history for King Henry. So these are some big numbers at stake for this team. Of course, wins are the biggest, but it is fun to watch these offensive fireworks too. And which one do you think has the best odds? That's what we should put out to the fan. Well, let's put it out there. We'll do it. Is it King or is it Tannehill? And I'm going to give you some numbers on Tannehill. He now holds the records for TDs in Titans history, which is 28. Marcus Mariota had 26 in 2016, and McNair had it in. He had 24 in 03, uh, as well as uh, the only people that have more than 28 in the franchise history is Warren Moon with 33 in 1990, and he's five away from that. And George Blanda naturally had 36 in 1961. So – he is on track, uh, as I said before, that he was a top eight, you know, NFL quarterback in the league. He's showing that with the yardage as well as uh, touchdowns. And naturally, is third in franchise history right now in the history of the, not just Titans, history. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, who would have thought that was going to happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um- and you're, they're doing this with no Taylor Lewan, and then with no Taylor Lewan's backup, they're still this prolific, even getting this deep into the offensive line. You let Jack Conklin walk, so the Undertaker has obviously held down his end of the deal. Teresa Walker set to join us here from the Associated Press as she jumps into this Zoom meeting. Now we'll bring Teresa in as we continue this Titans discussion. We'll have to uh, get her video and her audio work, and there she is. Yeah. But she's on me right now, but I, I think I'm putting my money on Tannehill, which one's going to happen. I know a lot of people are going to think King Henry for the 2000. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if we're playing, uh, you know, some of the teams we're playing here, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. 150, yeah. you say, for the last three? He needs – T, we're, we're picking up this discussion because the Titans have a chance for some pretty, some pretty nice offensive milestones. Derrick Henry – Trying to get to 2,000, he's 468 yards away with three games to play. Ryan Tannehill is 791 away from 4,000 passing yards, which is not a big deal for some franchises and offenses, but here it's a big deal because they don't throw it around as much. Then you have two receivers trying to hit the 1,000-yard mark. Both are a little less than 170 yards away. It's an exciting time, but which one do you think is most likely to happen? Well, I think that we're most likely to get a pair of thousand yard receivers, which is impressive for a franchise that, you know, let's face it, we can only as we think back to it. So uh, that that's the easiest one. Uh, you know, if, if, if Derrick Henry gets close to 2000 and Mike Vrabel was asked about that and he says he understands that that's something that teammates, you know, this isn't just a, a Henry thing. This would be a team thing. And if you don't think off- offensive lines want that, uh, I, I, you know, there's a picture out there when Chris Johnson topped that mark in, in Seattle in the in his regular season finale of 09 with, with him and his offensive linemen, because that was a, you know, that was a group effort, you know, and, and if you listen to Derrick Henry shoot yesterday, he said, he said during the game, he told his teammates how much he appreciates everybody from the, the linemen, the tight ends, the receivers, you name it. So uh, let's just see uh, if, you know, he's got to average 156 yards over these final three games. So let's just see where he's at going into Houston because, you know, it's D. Henber, you know, it's Derek, <laughs> it's Derek's month. So if, if anyone could maybe put that together, I, I won't count against him. And, you know, if they're, they're going into Houston January 3rd and he's within a, 
within 200 yards of it, I'm not going to say it's not cha- not possible. Very true. I'm with Teresa Walker from the Associated Press. She's a Hall of Famer. She's the journalist graduate of the year from the University of Tennessee. She continues to stockpile yeah, accolades. That's right there. That one right there. <laughs> there oh, we yeah, go. It, it looks lovely there. I yes, wish everybody yeah. could see her uh, wall of fame there. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Teresa, I guess, explain to us uh, with uh, the ownership now, I guess, meeting the NFL requirements, kind of go through all that with Susie, uh, the sister, I guess, selling her shares. uh, So kind of take us through the timeline there. Absolutely, Blaine. Yeah, that was the thing. It was in August of 2016 that it came out that, uh, you know, Susie is married to Tommy Smith. And when Amy Adams Strunk took over in March of 2015, uh, Tommy's the one who kind of got pushed aside, retired and stepped away from the team. And it came out in August 2016 that, you know, she was looking to share her sell her shares. When Bud Adams died, he kind of set up a trust and it was, you know, in thirds, a third to each of his daughters and then the other third to you know the family of his late son. And so and it was that branch of the family that teamed with Amy to help her kind of take control in March of 2015. Uh, probably the that one of the best moves made by this franchise in the last 20 years. But so those those were on the market. Uh, a group uh, Sportico reported yesterday that there was somebody trying to you know buy in and get that. But now it's going to be split 50 percent for Amy Adams Strunk. And then the other 50% is held by, uh, you know, Kenneth Adams, Barkley, uh, you know, Susan, uh, not Susie Smith, but the, uh, another Susan. So uh, this should make the NFL happy. Let's not forget that the NFL fined the Titans over their ownership issues, you know, because they didn't like the way it was spread out. They wanted somebody to have, you know, firm control. Well, you know, with, with Amy's track record now of, you know, five, nearly six years of ownership and, and what they've done in that time, now five straight winning seasons, uh, plus having 50%, she is the majority owner, uh, you know, because th- the other 50% is split among the, uh, that other branch of the family. So she, she's, she's large and in charge right now. And, you know, it, if anyone at the NFL level owners, whatever, needed some kind of consolation that, you know, this is all set, this is all in control, this does it. This is being finalized by the end of the year. And more importantly, it keeps everything in the family like, you know, Bud Adams wanted, uh, you know, when he passed. Uh, did, uh, you know, Coach of Rabel go over, I guess, his fourth and two call, which I thought was interesting in itself. Uh, but uh, did he explain what his rationale was behind it? Uh, because he was kind of acting like Riverboat Vrabel uh, to me on that play call. Yeah, I remember him. Absolutely. Well, he's now got the you know, WFT Washington football team uh, <laughs> headed toward the playoffs. So yeah. uh, Vrabel said today, he was asked about that. He, the, the, part of the problem was they were trying to go quick uh-huh. and try and catching the Jaguars, you know, uh, not set. Unfortunately, the official was standing there over the ball and kind of kind of delayed it, took away that bit of element of surprise uh, as they were 
Yeah, th there was an official there standing over the ball and, you know, made sure the Jags, everybody sat. And then, boom, that kind of took away some of the element. I, you know, if you've got the right play call, I don't have a problem going with it for fourth and two. I mean, you're trying to get points. But, you know, after that turnover, if the Jags had scored, then suddenly you're in a tie game when you could have been up 10-7. That's where it could have come back to bite you. I will say this, their game management at the end of the first half lane to go and get that field goal, that was excellent. Was I mean, TV, TV was saying, oh, they're just, yeah, this is the end. They're going to head to the locker room, essentially. And they're like, nope, 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 we're going to throw a pass, boom, boom, boom field goal and uh that was a smart move because then they had the ball coming out in this in the third quarter and that allowed them to just kind of seize control of the game at that point well with uh Teresa walker uh tsaa hall of famer i guess last one for me real quick t is uh what about the play that Vrabel bring up uh, about butler as well as ty smith too though who uh you know had been on the injured or COVID list and then came out there and played uh fairly well considering he challenged a lot of plays uh, absolutely. Now, Variable did talk about this yesterday on Butler, you know, about how, you know, let's face it, they kind of picked on him a little bit yesterday and he just kind of shut Shark down. Uh, you know, Butler's a pro. He's, he, you know, there's days where he's a little bit up. And, and Butler even said, you know, when he first signed and came in, you know, he really struggled over those first eight games. And he said focus for him was a big key. And what Vrabel said was that, you, you know, he could see that Butler being the pro that he is, was focused in, had his eyes where they needed to be. And, and you saw it particularly on that interception. I mean, he went up and kind of high pointed that ball to take that away. Well, with Teresa Walker, AP writer and Hall of Famer. It's interesting, Teresa, because people look at Butler's contract and what he's making. He's got two years left, and, and, and some of, you know, you get all that noise on social media. There's no way they bring him back at his number. How could you afford not to bring Malcolm Butler back at this point? How could you afford not to have him on the team next year? Well, I remember remember just a few months ago, people were like, how can you let Logan Ryan go? Uh, as Blaine can attest, that's the cruel, that's the, that's the cold business side of the NFL. You know, the Titans are going to have to decide. They got they're only going to have so much money next year. And Johnu Smith and uh, Corey Davis, do you keep those guys? Uh, you know, Jayon Brown's probably a guy who's going to be hitting the market, but you know, you, you know, you've only got so much money to go around. And, you know, if it's between trying to keep a guy who just maybe had a thousand yard season in Corey Davis, and you got to go look under the couch cushion, maybe you redo a Butler <laughs> deal or, yeah. you know, so uh, let's just put it this way. We'll, we'll know a whole lot more come March. Well, this is a lady talking to us who bought a car with uh, coins, right? That you, I mean, so you, you know what it's like to look through the, the cushions. Absolutely. What Mickey means is we saved all the spare change in our house for 16 years. That was the money that we used to buy my son's first car. Oh, that is awesome. Man. I could do that, too. Teresa Wayne, Walker. If, if you've got a young kid, start saving your change now. Trust me, it'll add up. I love it. I love it. Um is Derrick Henry literally every week it seems like somebody tweets out that he's done something that you know Jim Brown did or he continues this assault on the record books and meanwhile when it comes to sacks the Titans continue to assault the record books in the other way another zero in the sack department yesterday they've got 14 on the season uh, there are six people in the league who have double digits on their own and Jamal Adams says eight and a half he's a safety so what in the world I, it, I mean it is what it is I guess right T? At this point, it is, 
The, the most important number is nine, the number of wins that they've got. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, we've been talking about, about this team getting some pass rush and, and getting some sacks for how long now? It's it, And it, they just keep going the other way. And it, at this point, it's like, you know, can you make it through the season without getting another one? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. They, You know, Derek Roberson was really close yesterday. Vrabel said they could have, should have, and that they've got to finish those. But, you know, that's the thing. We're still waiting for them to finish. Maybe they're going to save them all up for if they, you know, in the playoffs. I, I don't know at this point. It, it's, it's almost astounding. But as long as they keep getting turnovers and interceptions, those, that's the number that can almost outweigh your sacks. Mm. Well, to add to that, Teresa, though, uh, are they going to have to are they going to be able to have success in the playoffs, though, with not getting a lot of pressure unless it's manufactured through scheme and system? Uh, is that going to be the kryptonite for them when they get into the playoffs? Because I'm really interested as last year was a little different deal. They had the offense rolling, but defensively they were putting in putting up pressure uh, at least enough to uh, uh, affect the quarterback. Well, the the only way they've been getting pressure is essentially with, you know, scheming it up and blitzing and, and getting guys in there. So, you know, maybe the, you know, whenever, if ever, Adoree Jackson gets on the, gets back on that secondary, maybe that locks some things into gear and allows them to get more of that pressure, maybe gets them that half second so that some of these uh, linebackers can finish. Uh, but at this point, we're going to have to just wait and see, could it be the kryptonite? Absolutely. Uh, but at this point, I, and Blaine, I know this is going to feel weird because you remember all those field goal games, but uh, <laughs> you know, this is a team that wins with offense right now. They I just know. Need, yeah. yeah. They, it's so they fun just, to watch. It is fun, but they need they need that offense to just keep clicking, drive in, drive out, game in, game out, so that they you know and make just one or two plays here and there to help them out. Mm. Well, I have to ask you since you've covered the team forever uh, since it's been here, <laughs> I think AJ Brown's catch was pretty impressive, going full speed with the one hand deal. I want you to think of another play, a catch. That was better. Only one I could think of was the Nate Washington over the head, but I'm sure there were other ones. But tell me that was another catch that was better than that A.J. Brown. That one is got to be right near the top. But I mean, because, yeah, the, the other one I thought of was the Nate catch because, I mean, over the, you know, yeah, was was the air, over the back, <laughs> off of the back of it. It was a Lions player, too. So they played the Detroit oh. Lions. Oh, that's week. right. Yeah. So, but you know, that's the thing there there's, I've, I can remember a lot of would have been great catches, particularly Drew Bennett at new England in a divisional playoff game. But, uh, but no, right now, a, you know, recency bias, I'm going to go with AJ Brown. Mm. Well, I guess lastly, Oh, I guess I, I'll let you go, Mickey. You go ahead. We're on with no, the, you, the you got one more Teresa Walker. Yeah, go ahead. You got one, you got one more hitter, man. Cause we're, uh, we're up against it. That's why I said that. Okay. Well, we got it. We got to roll in. <laughs> Teresa, you get us lost in the history lesson. I know, man. I got me all excited. I'm sorry, guys, but thank you so much. The yeah. award-winning Teresa Walker. Uh, we got a poll out. All these milestones that we've been talking about, 4K, 2K, or 2 times 1K, which is the one that's most likely to happen? At Mickey Ryan 104.5, at Bishop 23 Check out our Twitter. Like I said, I think it would be best if one of those happened. I'll tell you which one it is on the other side. Well, As we say goodbye to Teresa Walker. I'll blame you, Mickey. Bye, guys.
Lady Mickey on 1045 the zone. That's that's our traffic guy, right? Ryan Albany's producing today. Isn't that my man Joshua Clay and the reveal, his band? Yeah, I'm getting a thumbs up from Albany's. Uh man. That's right. They got uh, the reveal. Check them out. They got they got songs. All of you love Joshua Clay, the traffic guy. He's also a wacky FM DJ on one of our country stations here at Cumulus Nashville. Uh let me tell you something. That dude, oh my gosh, Blaine, can he play a guitar? Josh is a rock star. Hmm. Yeah, he can get down. All the musical talent that I wanted, he got, he got, he got it. it. He got all of it. So maybe one, you know, maybe one of us from the zone can make it in music. I hope, hopefully, it can be Josh. Uh, we got a question out. So, which Titans offensive milestone is most likely to happen in 2020? Uh, Blaine Bishop and Mickey poll question today. Uh, just put it up. Got over 200 votes. Here are uh, the categories in order. It's 4K passing for Tannehill, 2K rushing for Derrick Henry. you got to be concise because there's not a lot of space in these poll questions. Or 1K receiving for AJ and Corey. Most likely, Blaine, right now in the lead, AJ and Corey each getting 1,000 is 54% of the vote. 2K rushing for the King is 32%. 4K passing for Tannehill is 14%. Uh, the stars and bars flag company on Twitter responded and said, technically you can knock out two birds with one stone. Ryan throws to Brown and Davis Moore gets his 4k and gives them both over one K kind of goes hand in hand. So it's hard to vote for either one of those. I know it's a tough question, but we ask the tough questions here. So, you know, we want people to answer. Yeah. I'm going with Tannehill 4k. (laughs) Get right. Cause that means the receivers are going to get there. That that 150 is going to be interesting. Because the weather's probably going to be bad in Green Bay, so it may be a, a time to be running the football. You got Detroit here. I don't know what their defense is ranked or against the run or anything like that. You know, the Texas is always a, you know, depending on where they're at, they're still going to play hard unless we blowing them out. Then and he got a shot. You got to give it to him. Is it yeah. worth giving him the shot even if you want to rest him, be ready for the playoffs for the next week? You don't have a buy if you don't have a buy. Well, I would rest him. I would. I'd be like, hey, man, I'm going I'm to rest. That may never come across. Now, remember, these coaches want to say, hey, I had a 2,000-yard rusher. There's only yeah. been a handful of those guys ever in NFL history. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, they want to say that was on my time. I mean, what is it, about one a decade? Seriously, it's about right. once a decade is, is about where we get there. OJ in the 70s, so he was the first guy. Um, what, Eric Dickerson in the 80s. Uh, in the 90s, Jamal uh, – uh, oh, gosh, the guy from Tennessee, Ravens guy. Um, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Uh, he got his 2,000. Adrian Peterson got his 2,000. So, boy, it's, it's very rare, especially especially the way offenses are now, Blaine. 2,000-yard rushers just kind of been phased out of the game. You know, people don't hand it to the running back that much. Tennessee Titans, they hand it to the running back that much. They about that. Yeah. Well, I miss it because – Looks like a lot of people are figuring out how to tackle him on his legs one-on-one as DBs. I'm, I'm seeing it show up about three games now in a row. Not saying every time, but we was never seeing it any time. And now it's, 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 people are figuring out going right at those knees like I told him. And he'll come down like a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Man, that that arm is long. That stiff arm, though, no, he's got long arms, man. Yeah, but where was his long you. arm on those straight arms and those one-on-one tackles? I, I, it was about two times in his last game. It was a little they deep got on my side, me and your side. 
They got him. Boy, the best, be the best guy I ever played with in my limited football dealings. Uh, a guy. Really White Shoes Johnson. No, I never played with him. He's a little too old. But it was a DB, and, and he told me once, I don't hit anybody above the knees ever. He broke more people's shin bones. That dude hit everybody below the knees. And, and, and I learned, like, okay, man, that's the way to protect yourself if you're a little fella. You got to get down low. And, man, that guy got low. He hit everybody in the shins. Uh, so that's our update. Here's the one that I think would be best if it happened. So roll with me, and then you can tell me, okay, that's dumb. Derrick Henry get. Derrick Henry getting 2,000 because if he gets 2,000, that means they're running the ball, which means they're probably never far behind in a game because if they're behind, you've got to put other guys in and throw the ball. That means they're controlling the game, controlling the clock, controlling the tempo. And also, it means the other team doesn't have the ball, which with this defense playing is a fantastic thing. I think the 2K is by far the most important one. Now, they're all fun. I think 2K is the big number. Because that means the king is controlling the game. Well, you know, the king and the Titans in the offensive line. And yep. you're your your defense, which is your weak link, on the sideline. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I'm just concerned that once we get into the playoffs, you know, the other defenses are going to be better. Yeah. Uh, not better than ours, but better than a regular season opponent. And then our offense – our offense looks unstoppable at times. I, I'm serious. I mean, yeah, Corey Day, A.J. Brown, I yeah. mean, Lord, whatever tight end or whoever you want to pick there. Or, you know, That's Swain team. yesterday. Swain. Swain. Yeah. Ferguson, Pruitt, and not even yeah. counting John Who. I mean, man, yeah. it's just like, what? And then the running game. So it feels like they're unstoppable, but, well, they're going to be a time or two they're going to get stopped yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, and so – that is uh, – and it's going to be a high-potent offense. So, then if we got to play catch-up, it's a little different now. You come back and you still keep running the ball. As we've seen, they've been very patient. Only team that they can't do that is the Chiefs because if they get too far out, they can't catch them. And that's what happened last year uh, come, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter. You know, Derrick Henry's on sideline. Yep. So, we shall see. And uh, Buffalo, oh, Josh Allen, he didn't look like he did when he played us. So no, he did not. Oh, yeah, and then the Dolphins and then the Colts. Those are teams that we're all fighting with, and those teams, quality teams, I think if you're talking about the Titans playing them right now, you got to sell those coin toss games. I don't care who played beat who and who did what. You got beat by 30 or a point. You know, you got beat, but we all know what they can bring to the table. So, uh, yeah, if Derrick Henry's uh, running the ball and controlling the clock, that favorites the Titans, no doubt about it. You're right on point there. We got to control the clock. Hour number two uh, coming up. John Bryce is going to join us at 2.15. Man, there's a bunch of stuff going on in college football. Gus is out at Auburn. Bandy supposedly got their guy. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey got hired at Arkansas State. I am not part of the Butch Jones <laughs> staff, but I would like to thank the 300 of you who tweeted me or put something on my Facebook that involved either Champions of Life or Five Star Hearts. I got you a lot called of that. You called it. They called you. Yeah, you got some. Yeah. So that's what happens. Uh, it was good knowing you, Mickey, and everything. <laughs> I know you, you know, they're going to bring you in and represent everything. You're, you're Mr. Jonesboro, but it's okay, though. Uh, it's good that we've learned about Zoom. You can do Zoom <laughs> and work at Arkansas State. So we got that Future. all figured out. So you won't be leaving us, but you will be doing some other things. So future's so bright. I got to wear. <laughs> Thank you. I got to wear shades. We'll be back.